The armor itself, Garraway saw, was mostly black, but the surface had a shimmering, elusive effect that rendered it nearly invisible, an illusion due to the nanoflage coating which continually adapted to incoming light. In places, he saw blue sparks and flashes where enemy Nano-D was trying to eat into the suit's defenses, but was, so far, being successfully blocked by the suit's counters. Neither near invisibility nor nanotechnic defenses could help this marine, however. As he grounded again, something flashed nearby, and the man's midsection vanished in a flare of blue-white light. Legs collapsed to one side, head and torso to the other, the arms still horribly moving. Garraway thought he heard a spine-chilling shriek over the link, mercifully cut off as the armored suit died. Rain continued to drench the hot ruin of the combat suit, steaming in the flare-lit night, and the armor itself, exposed to the relentless embrace of airborne nano-disassemblers, began to soften, curdle, and dissolve. The arms had stopped moving. There was a great deal of blood on the ground, however, and slowly dissolving wet chunks of what might be gods. Garraway struggled not to be sick. He would not be sick. He wrenched his mental gaze away from the feed and stood once more in the Martian night. Being a Marine is one of the greatest honors, one of the greatest responsibilities available to the Commonwealth citizenry, Warhurst said, his voice still speaking in his mind over the implant link. But it is not for everyone. It requires the ultimate commitment, fortitude, courage, character, commitment to duty and to fellow Marines. Sometimes... It requires the ultimate sacrifice for the Commonwealth, for your brother and sister Marines, for the Corps. You've all just seen what modern combat is like, what it's really like, not what the entertainment feeds would have you believe. Do any of you want to see this thing through? Garraway heard others leaving the line. He didn't know how many. He also heard someone retching off to his left. After a long pause, Warhurst nodded. Okay, he said. Get him out of here. With a whine, the Agrav shuttle at Garraway's back lifted into the Martian night. He felt the flutter of wind as it passed overhead, and he watched its drive field grow brighter as it accelerated back to orbit, back to the Aryan rings that stretched now across the zenith like a slender, taut pulled thread of pure silver. You maggots, Warhurst growled, his former tough D.I. persona slowly re-emerging. You mudworms are even more stupid than I was led to believe. All right, show's over. Like I said earlier, from this point on, you are mine. I personally am going to eat you alive, chew you up, and spit your worthless carcasses out on these sands. But maybe, maybe, a few of you will have what it takes to be Marines. Turning, he addressed one of the assistants, the evil-grinning one. Sergeant Carly. Yes, Drill Instructor Warhurst. We need to find out what these worms are really made of. 
Let's take them on a little run before breakfast. The evil grin grew wider. Yes, drill instructor. Move out. Aye, aye, drill instructor. The assistant D.I. turned to face the waiting survivors of the morning's muster. You heard the drill instructor. Recruit platoon. Laugh face. Ford Harch. And double time. Hut, hut, hut. Garraway began to hut. And within twenty minutes, as he dragged screaming leg muscles through the fine, clinging, ankle-deep sand of the Martian desert, he was wondering if he was going to be up for this after all. What the hell had he been thinking when he volunteered?